The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, that God cannot be mocked whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. God is a rewarder. I said, God is a rewarder. I said, God is a rewarder. Whatever you do, God will reward you. If you don't do the work of God with fear and with reverence in your heart, God will reward you. I want to share with you what I have titled Lessons from Gehazi. Lessons from Gehazi. How many of you know who Gehazi is? Turn with me, please, in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5, from verse 20. Lessons from Gehazi. The Bible says that the scriptures are written for us to learn from. The Bible talks about how we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And this cloud of witnesses helps us to learn from the mistakes they have made in the past and for us to learn from those mistakes so we don't make those same mistakes. And I believe there's a very vital lesson we can learn in, in, in this particular part of the scriptures that will help us to build our lives better, to become better people in Christ Jesus. So, 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 20. The background of this scripture, obviously, you know, has to do with Naaman from verse 1, who was a leper. He was a great commander. He had everything, you know, and yet he was leper. He, he had leprosy. And as a result of that, you know, the Bible says that the king of Syria sent a letter to the king of Israel to make sure that um, Gehazi's leprosy is cleansed. And then the king of Israel started crying and said that, I think this king of Syria is looking for trouble. That's why he sent his army general to me to be cleansed. And then he started asking, am I in the place of God or am I God to be able to cleanse the leper? Because he didn't have a clue how to do that. And so the Bible says that uh, Elisha heard what happened and Elisha uh, stepped in and helped cleanse Naaman by telling him, go and dip yourself in the Jordan seven times. Didn't want to dip himself. And the servant in Naaman's house uh, said, Master, if the, the prophet tells you to do X, Y, Z, would you not have done it? And so as a result, uh, he finally obeyed, dipped, dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. And then what happened? The Bible says that he came up as, as a fresh man. His body, his skin became that of a baby. So that's the background of this scripture. Now, after that happened, the Bible makes us to understand that Naaman gave Elisha gifts. But Elisha refused those gifts. But let's look at what happened afterwards, uh, whether... Elisha received the gift or who received the gift and lessons that we can learn from this person to help us uh, live a victorious and successful Christian life. So starting from verse 20 of 2 Kings chapter 5, the Bible says that but Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian. In not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. Now, what you have to understand is that your master, in his wisdom, has rejected this gift. You know, as Naaman, Naaman brought the gift, but Elisha didn't receive it. Elisha rejected the gift. But... Look at what Gehazi, Gehazi, the servant of 
Elisha did. He said to himself, why has my master spared this, this name and the Syrian? Why has he spared him? Now, not taking the presence or the gifts from him doesn't mean he spared him. God, in his wisdom, knows how to deal with us, especially men of God. I know several times, several occasions where people have brought me presents and I've said no. I've had times where members of the church have come, they are coming to sow financial seed. And I've said no. And it will interest you to know that most of the time, at that particular moment, I needed money for something. And you'll easily say that, I've been praying. God has answered my prayer. Isn't it? But sometimes God has specifically said, no, don't take it. No, don't receive it. I've gone to churches and preached. And when they're about to give me an ordinary room, I'll say, no. And they'll think, why? Even sometimes my wife will say, why? Because the Lord said, don't take it. Because I believe that the gospel is free. I don't believe in preaching somewhere and I've been handed an envelope. It's one thing I find very uncomfortable. I find it very uncomfortable. You know, so uh, uh, Elisha rejected what Naaman was giving him. And I'm sure the purpose of that was so that uh, Naaman would not stand somewhere and say, I made Elisha who he is. You know, there are some people, when they give you something, they want the whole world to know. They want everybody to know. I have, I have one person like that in our family. When he does something for you, oh, the whole world, you know, the whole world will say, oh, this shirt is wearing, I bought it for him. <laughs> oh, I paid his school fees. Everything. You know, embarrassment. And so as a result of that, he got to a point, I, 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 I can't take anyone, anything from this person because if you take something from him, He's going to say, I made you what you are. I love Abraham. Abraham said to Abimelech, he said, I don't want to take anything from you. I don't want to take anything from you so that when God blesses me, you're not going to say, ah, look, I made him. Look, I helped him. Look, I connected him. Then when that happens, they've taken the glory of God away from God. We, as a church, one thing I said from day one is that we are not going to take a grant from any organizations. I know churches that get grant from the, from, from the lottery fund here in the UK. They take grant. They apply grant. They apply to get a funding from the lottery fund. Now, if a church is taking grants from the lottery fund, then what are you saying? You are saying that we have to, in other words, you are telling us and members that it's okay to go and do the lottery. Then where is God? You can't trust God to bless your members financially. We have never raised one single prayer topic in any of our churches to say, God bless us with money today. Never. Have anyone heard it? Have anyone heard any prayer topic like that? Say, Father, we don't know what to do. Father, uh, we are struggling financially. Have we ever? Never. 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 So that no man can stand and say, I made that change. I, it's my money, it's my tithes, it's my offerings. Never. We don't do that. But we've seen God supernaturally, supernaturally provided. Because we look up to God, not up to man. You understanding me? We look up to who? To God and not to man. So we don't go knocking on places and say, can you help us with this? No, 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 no. We don't do that. This is why I don't even understand some churches that wants to look up to other churches for funding. One of the things I'm trying to stop our, our branch in South Africa is not to have a dependency mindset 
to begin to think that, oh, everything we need, Pastor will send it. Everything, if we need a, a shoelace, we have to just call our pastor. And pastor, no, 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 no. We have to learn to depend on God. To learn to what? Depend on God. Because God is dependable. And when you depend on God, when people see the glory of God, they can point and attest to the fact that this is the doing of the Lord. Not man. No man in any of our churches can hold our church ransom and say, it's because of my giving. (laughs) No man or woman. Because God is too big. Are you following me? God is too big. So Elisha rejected this, this gift from Nehemi. But look, Gehazi. Gehazi said, ah, 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 my master has made a mistake. How can God make a mistake? Elisha said, why? Sorry, Gehazi said, my master, my master, he has spared Naaman this Syrian. In other words, he's made a big mistake. Can God make a mistake? Can God make a mistake? No. There is no mistake in God. God knows what he's doing. The man of God knew what he was doing. He intentionally and deliberately rejected the giving of Naaman. So that Naaman will not go and stand somewhere and say, you see, when that prophet healed me of my leprosy, I gave him so, so, and so. And some of you here are going to become pastors. God is going to raise you as pastors. One of the key things you have to learn never to do is that when you bless people, when you pray for people, and God heals them, you don't take something back. You don't take something back and say, (laughs) but uh, I prayed for you, sister. I prayed for you, brother. So take this. No, you don't take back. Sometimes you might be in need of that. I know a man of God. I know a man of God in Ghana, man of God, who, who received a gift from a member of his church. And it became a big issue that tarnished his image. It tarnished his image big time. Guess what happened? Not knowing that member of the church was a cocaine dealer. And so that that member gave him a big car, one of the you know biggest car. I don't want to mention the name. A nice car, brand new, and it became a national topic. So so and so have given so so and so this car. And the pastor publicly, you know, telling everybody, look at how God has blessed me. Look at how God, you know. And the next thing. This person was busted, I think, at Heathrow or JFK. And they said, so, so, and so, who gave this pastor, so, so, and so, this, gave the pastor uh, uh, this that came from proceeds of drug. So it's not everything you receive. Sometimes you have to say thank you, but no thank you, because you know that if you take it, it comes with a hook. You take it, you eat it, you've been caught in a snare for the rest of your life. You have to learn these things, to learn to say no. Verse 21, the Bible says that, so Gehazi followed after Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down the chariots to meet him and said, is all well? Look at that. What his master had rejected, he was running after it. That should tell us that when God rejects something, don't go running after it. There are certain many ministries God has rejected. And many people are going running after things that God has rejected. I'm telling you, there are certain ministries who don't have the glory of God covering them anymore. They have sown fig leaves to cover their nakedness because they don't want the people to see the cracks. They come and do the same and you think the presence of God is there. 
like Samson. Samson said, if I shake myself, the power will come. But no knowing the power had left. He think he can shake himself the same old way and the power will show up. No, 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 no. You, you have to understand this. There are certain ministries God has left. The glory of God is not there. The presence of God is not there any longer. God had departed from that place and there are many people who are still running after such places. What God has rejected, Gehazi was running after. Gehazi was chasing. May I ask you a question? Is there some things in your life that you are chasing that God has rejected? Are there some things in your own personal life that you are running after that God has rejected? That you know very well that God has rejected? Because Gehazi knew that his master had rejected the gift of Naaman. Gehazi knew. And yet he was running after the same thing he knew that his master had rejected. Are there some things in your own life that you are running after? Sister, are there some things that you are running after that you know in your heart God has rejected? Are you following what I'm saying? Brother, are there some things you are chasing that you know God has rejected? Brothers and sisters, are you following what I'm saying? Because we know God has rejected this thing and we are still running after it because of our own selfish interest. Verse 22 of 2 Kings chapter 5, the Bible says that, and he said, all is well, my master has sent me. Look at that. Did the master send him? No. Elisha never sent him. Do you see what happens when you are chasing after what God has rejected? You use lies to get it. You use schemes to get it. You use deception to get it. What God's hand is not in, you don't, you don't follow. I made a vow from the day God called me into ministry that I'll never stand before the people of God and do schemes or gimmicks to twist their arms, to get things from them. Never. The day I do that, then I don't know who God is. You understand? And, and there, are a lot of, there are a lot of men and women of God who are standing behind the pulpit of God and lying. Lying. Lying, I'm telling you. We don't preach the truth anymore. We are lying. We are scared of the people. So we have to lie to them. We have to start saying things like, I prayed for this sister last week. He got a big job and he brought me a big Mercedes Benz. That one. You know, you go to their houses, they'll show you five cars and they'll say, you see, the Maserati. I prayed for a brother who needed a supernatural breakthrough. And then it happened, and he gave me that Maserati. You see that Range Rover? I prayed for this sister who needed fruit of the womb. God blessed him, and then she brought me. You know, doing that to twist the arm of the people around them to say, okay, now that I've prayed for you also, you also have to bring me, you have to probably bring me a helicopter. Yours is helicopter because I've got Range Rover, I've got Maserati, I've got Mercedes Benz, I've got Beamer, I've got everything. <laughs> so yours is a, a helicopter now. They lie to get things. Gehazi is now lying to get what God has rejected. What is it in your own personal life that you are lying to get? You know, I always tell the people around me that as for me, I'm a man. And when you are lying, I know you are lying. But I'm a man. But there are some lies I may not know. Only God knows. But you think you are fooling me? You are not. You are fooling yourself and God. If you lie to me, you're not lying to me. You are lying to yourself and to God. Brother, don't sleep. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
The Bible says that, verse 22, and Gehazi said, all is well, my master has sent me, saying, behold, even now, there be come to me from Mount Ephraim, two young men of the sons of the prophet. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. Wow. Lying about his master to the enemy. Where did this lie come from? You know there are some people they can lie. <laughs> they are masters of lies. This is how Jesus puts it in the book of John chapter 8. He said, your father, the devil, is a liar from the beginning. <laughs> he, can, he can do nothing but to lie. And there are some people like that. They can just lie. And I've seen it. There are some pastors, they can lie. I'm telling you, they can lie. They say, oh, I was here last week. I was preaching here last week. I was with the president. I was with that. Uh, why are you lying? Why are you lying? Why are you lying? They can lie. Some people, they have a tongue of lies. Everything they do is just lie. And so their foundation is broken and you know them. Everything they say is a lie. You can't even trust them anymore. That's why one of the policies in our church is if any of the leaders around me, if they lie, the day I hear you lie, that's the day you're gone. Because if you lie to me, what are you doing behind my back? If you can lie to my face, what are you doing behind my back? You are doing much worse than lying. And as for that one, they don't leave. The moment you lie and I catch you that you've lied, if you're a pastor, you're resigning. If you're a leader, resigning. Whatever you are, let you sit down because you can't be trusted. Because the moment you lie, you've broken the very foundation of trust. That's why relationships must not be founded on lie. Marriages must not be founded on lie. Because if you lie to someone, if you lie to him, if you lie to her, oh, you're building that relationship on lies. I remember, um, you know, as a young man, um, one of our... Um, one day my mother came to pay my fees, you know, and I was so embarrassed. I didn't want, because I've always been lying at school that I come from a very posh home. <laughs> Meanwhile, I used to walk from my house to school. I didn't come from any posh home. I was, we were very poor and broke. <laughs> and, and one day my mother was coming to the school to pay for my fees, and she was calling me. She was calling me, and I was with my friends, and I ignored her. I ignored her, seriously. I ignored her. When my friend said, oh, and you know, I used to have a nickname then. How many of you had nicknames when you were in secondary school? What was your nickname? Pet Frank. Pet Frank. <laughs> you were a pet. Did you have, did you have a, a nickname? No. You didn't. What about you? Virgin Mary. Virgin Mary. What about you? Mine, mine. Eh? They used to call me Gashet because I like to think Gashet. Gashet. Gary and Sito. Miss Gashet. Wow. You know what they used to call me? Pizarro. That was my nickname. Pizarro. I said, Pisa, what's up, what's up? I said, don't mind that old woman. She's our maid. You know, can you believe it? Calling my mother a maid to people when she has struggled to come and pay my fees. I regretted. I regretted. And, and even though I used to go, I used to go to feeding. And you know all the schools, they had a, a batch. Is it a batch that you have to sew on the pocket? And guess what happened? Because our uniform 
and that of Accra Academy was similar. So what we did is because I didn't want people to know that I was going to some old broken down school, we'll take our badge from there and then we'll pull our shorts down and, and they ask you, it's good. They say, a crack. Meanwhile, I've never stepped my foot in there before. Which school do you go to? I was lying. You see, when you lie, you have to keep lying. Keep lying. I was sleeping in an aluminum house. I was telling people I was sleeping in a mansion, in a story building. To be, I've never slept in a story building before as a then. I didn't even know what a story building looked like. You see what happens when you begin to lie? Gehazi went and lied to Naaman. Look at where this lie came from. He said, oh, my master has sent me. My master said, oh, eh, from the Mount of Ephraim, two young men of the sons of prophets, they came. And he said, give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garment. Look at what he's lying for. And let me tell you, sometimes when you are lying, you are selling your destiny. You are lying. Your lying will sell your future. Why are you lying? Some of us at our workplaces will lie. They ask you, have you finished your assignment? They say, yes. They've been giving, you've been given a deadline. Have you finished? Yes. You know you are lying. You know you haven't finished. You know your boss won't come and check. But you are lying. What are you lying for? As Christians, the Bible says that we do everything as unto the Lord, not with eye service. So whether people are there or not, we still work and work hard. Verse 23 of 2 Kings chapter 5. The Bible says that a neighbor said, be content, take two talents. You see, even the, 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 the neighbor knew that this person was lying. Neymar knew. Neymar said to him, be content. To be content is to be in a state of peaceful happiness. To be content means to be in a state of a peaceful happiness. That means you have to accept what you have. Learn to live within your means. Learn to live. The Bible says that godliness with content is great gain. Now with all humility, I'm the senior pastor of Solution Worldwide. But look, we started this branch. Not that, you know, we are not using any equipment. That's content. Isn't that right? Content. We could buy today if we want to. But tomorrow if we start a branch somewhere, a pastor will be asking, where are the instruments? Well, they started a branch for me without instruments. No. I'm not going to knock on anybody's door to help me buy instruments. We buy it ourselves. Praise God. So we have to be content with what God has given us. Live within your means. Be content. Live. Don't try to impress somebody. Don't try. Don't try to impress anybody. I remember people, there were some members who came to our church, you know, and I used to see that every, they were changing, changing clothes every Sunday. Wow. I said, hey, stop it. <laughs> you know, take that money, invest it. Every Sunday, new clothes. New clothes. I'm like, hey, brother, sister, you need to calm down. Every Sunday, new clothes. Nobody is even seeing you. You are trying to impress somebody. They are not seeing what you are wearing. Every Sunday, new shoe. You are putting yourself in debt. Why? Because you want somebody to notice you. Every Sunday, new hairstyle. Every Sunday, new hairstyle. 40 pounds or 50 pounds. Isn't it? How much does it cost to do your hair, women? 50 pounds. Yeah. So every week, 50 pounds. That's 250 pounds in a month. 
Five weeks. Plus your shoes. The shoe, how much does your shoes cost? The shoes you wear. 50 pounds. So 50 shoes, 50 hair, that's 100. And then your dresses, how much does it cost? 50. So that's 150. We don't want to go any further. If we, oh, spray, spray, yeah. New spray every week, how much? 50. Are you sure 50 is cheap? 50. Is it a quality perfume? Or Jimmy Choo, 50. Wow. So that's 200 pounds every Sunday. Just to come. Can you see me? Hello? Hello? I'm here. Hello? No, no. Nobody is seeing you. Be content. Do you know, do you know that if all of us, all the clothes we have, all the clothes we have, when you go to your house today, check, there are some clothes in your house that you haven't worn for two years. I can guarantee you. There are some things you haven't worn for two years. I go to my, this suit I'm wearing today, I think I haven't worn it for like seven months. Seven months. I go through my closet and I see suits. Uh, you know, because if you're not careful, you'll be piling up, wasting more money, wasting more money. Yet there are things you haven't worn for a long time. And I always say that anything you don't wear for more than three months, you don't need it. Anything you haven't worn for more than three months, or you haven't worn over three months, you don't need it. You don't need it. Gehazi was not content. Gehazi was greedy. You see, when you're greedy, you want everything that people have. I've seen people come to our church and they look at our choir and they say, oh, we want this choir. They see people playing instruments and they say, oh, we want this. But they don't know that we had taken time to invest in these people. We pay money for them to rehearse. Make sure on top of their game, investing. We have to learn to be what? To be content. Contentment with godliness is what? Great gain. Are you getting something from this? Are you getting something from the lessons of Gehazi? And Naaman said to him, be content, take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in in two bags with two changes of garments and lay them upon two of his servants and they bear them before him. Look at that. Verse 24, the Bible says that, and he came to the tower and he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house and he let the men go and they departed. Verse 25, but when he went in and stood before his master, and Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no whither. See, he's still lying. Still lying. Do you see what happens when you lie? It doesn't stop. One lie leads to another lie, to another lie to another lie. It doesn't stop. One lie. When you lie, a little lie, you see, and we even call it white lie. A little lie is white lie. Who told you there is white lie or black lie? Every lie is a lie. There's nothing like a small lie or a big lie. Every lie is a lie. <laughs> I said every lie is a what? A lie. It's, there's nothing like small lie or big. No, no, it's a lie. He, was, he didn't even fear God. My wife was saying something yesterday. She said that the fear of God has departed from a lot of churches. And that is the truth. The fear of God. Now, people don't fear God anymore. You know that? Come before God, even right into the presence of God, we are lying to God. We don't fear God. No more fear in the house of God. 
And the Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. Where is the fear of God? What happened to the fear of God in the house of God? Now we can see people sleeping around in churches. Pastors sleeping with women. Women sleeping with men. All kinds of, all kinds of unpredictable things happening. In churches. In churches. In churches. I'm telling you. No fear of God. Where is the fear of God? We don't fear God anymore. You know that. Many people don't fear God anymore. So we just go do what we like and forget that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God rewards. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7 that God cannot be mocked whatsoever a man soweth that shall he reap. God is a rewarder. I said God is a rewarder. I said God is a rewarder. Whatever you do, God will reward you. If you don't do the work of God with fear and with reverence in your heart, God will reward you. I've seen people in the, who are doing their own thing not in line with the word of God. God will reward you. I'm telling you. He will reward you big time. I've seen people doing all kinds of things. Thinking that they are getting away with God. Lying. Lying. Now you can lie everywhere. But when you come to the house of God, don't lie. Because God knows you. Isn't it? God knows your inside out. Even God knows your motives. Now, we even have to ask ourselves, why have we started this branch? What is our motive? Is it because we want money? Is that our motive? Because some people are starting church because of money, you know. We have to ask ourselves, why have we started this branch here? What is the motive? We can't be lying to ourselves. We have to come clean before God and say, God, this is who I am. Like Jacob, when he wrestled with God, God asked him, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. God said, no, you are lying. That's not your name. You've been lying all these years. You stood before your father. Your father asked you, what is your name? You said, your name is Esau. Lying. Before your father, you say your name is Esau. Before God, you say your name is Jacob. Who are you? You don't even know yourself. You don't even know. I remember one of our um, uh, brother who, who one day came to my house and buzzed my buzzer. And then when I opened, uh, I, pray, I, I picked up the phone and I asked, who is there? And then he said, Julius. I said, who is Julius? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, said, oh, Julius. And then he changed quickly to the, his, his, his name. <laughs> Who are you? We don't even know who you are anymore. Lying, lying everywhere. You are lying. I hope your real names are your real names we know you by. You know, some people even in the church, I don't know their names. You know, today I see this name, tomorrow they've changed it. I see their face on Facebook with different names. In the church, they are different names. Outside, they are, I don't even know who they are. Who are you? I hope your name is your name. <laughs> I hope your names are your true names. The name your mother and father gave you. <laughs> Don't pass on my door. And when I ask who is that, I said Julius. I said, who is Julius? I don't know Julius. I know the voice. The voice is the voice of Jacob. But the, the hand is the hand of Esau. Before his father, he said, I'm Esau. Before God, he said, I'm Jacob. Who are you? God said, no, you've been lying for too long. You've been deceiving people for too long. The real you, your name is Israel. You are a prince. That's who you are. Because, you see, until you know who you are, you'll be, you'll be trying to imitate people. 
You'll be deceiving yourself, trying to imitate others, but that's not who you are. I was watching a documentary the other day, a young man wanting to be like, well, he's not a young man, but he's done various surgeries. He wants to be like Justin Bieber. They asked him how much he spent. He said he spent over $100,000. He wants to do some more surgery. And the surgeon looked at him and said, no, this one we can't do it because if we have to do it, you're going to, we're going to destroy you. He doesn't know who he is. He wants to be Justin Bieber. Some people want to be Michael Jackson. Some people want to be Beyonce. Some people want to be Jesse J. I don't know all these people, but I've heard the names. Who are you? Be yourself. Be authentic. Solution, this is who we are. This is how we do it. We believe in starting small and growing big. We are not in a rush. We believe in starting small. And whatever starts small grows big. Amen. Amen. But if you want to start big, ah, it will never happen. It'll never happen. It'll, look, our church that started small in Northgate, spreading across all the world. It started small. Two adults, one child. And through that same small church that started, it grew bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's spreading across the world. How did it start? It started small. How did God start in the book of Genesis? Just with Adam. One man, and then from that Adam woman woman came, and then from there we have over seven billion people on the surface of the earth today. How did it start from one man? Start small, but don't stay there. He was lying to his master. The master said, "Where have you been?" <laughs> he said, uh, "Master, you know, <laughs> I've been nowhere." I didn't go anywhere. Verse 26 of 2 Kings chapter 5. The Bible says that, And went, and he said unto him, Went not my heart with thee? Aha! Do you see that? The prophet is telling him now, That do you not know that my heart went with you? And when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee, Is it a time to receive money? And to receive garments, and oliviat, and vineyard, and sheep, and oxen, and men servant, and maid servant. Look at that. In essence, what Elisha was telling Gehazi is that this is not the time to take gift. He said, When you went, my heart was with you, my spirit was with you. When you were telling Naaman, my master wants this, I was there. You don't think I was there, but my spirit was there. I could hear everything you were saying. I could hear the request making. And Elisha asked him, why have you done this? Why did you just do And he asked him, is it a time to receive money? In other words, there is time to receive money. And there is time not to receive money. Me not taking a salary from church means it's time not to receive money. You see, so people don't understand when they are seeing our churches spread all over, we are radio stations, they don't know. They think, oh, he's taking a fat salary. They don't know. It's not time to take salary. It's sacrifice. There's time for everything. It's sacrifice. I have to sacrifice so that we can have many branches across the world. But you see what's happening? They are taking huge fat salaries now. You know, I was looking the other time about reserve policy. Our, our, when you look at our reserve policy, major, major charities have a three months reserve policy. Three months reserve policy. But when I was looking at, I was looking at things and I said, you know, by the grace of God, the way our church has saved, the way our church has saved, what we have saved can, can technically take care of our bills and everything for at least 
Five years. That's our reserve. Five years. Something like that anyway. Five years. So I could be taking a salary. Or what do you think? Is it a good idea? Or is it not a good idea? I could be taking a fat big salary. And nobody can say T. <laughs> nobody can say no. All I ask is where were you when we started? I could. But the question is, is it time to take money? Is it time to receive offering? Is it time to receive salary? People can understand what and, and I'm telling you, we we'll have many more branches across the world. We we'll have many more thousands of branches, mega churches across the world. Because the Lord has said it and the Lord Himself is doing it. He said, Is it time to receive money? And is it time to receive garment? So you see that sometimes you have to wear the same garment for five years. There's a time I was wearing the same suit. I'm telling you, same suit to church. Same suit. People don't know. Same. Uh, for like four years, I was wearing the same suit every Sunday. Same. No difference. Same. One suit. Four years. Because it's not time to receive garments. <laughs> There's time for everything. It's not time to receive garments. It's time to wear the same. But when the time came for me not to wear the same garment is started coming. God started blessing me. Most of my suits that I wear and things that I wear, I don't buy them. Because I've invested four years of wearing the same that I bought with my own money. But now, oh, I don't buy. It's just coming. It's coming. Most of the things I wear Sunday after Sunday, I didn't pay with one P. <laughs> and that's the season you are coming into. Amen. I told God, God, I have to use the money to invest into your kingdom. So God is taking care of what I. So God is taking care of what I. mean, as to as as for as for what to wear is 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 plenty. It's plenty because God has blessed me. As for what to drive, He's blessed me. As for houses, he's blessed me. As for lands, he's blessed me. All these, not receiving a salary. You think God is a joker? You think God is a joker? God is not a joker. I'm telling you, don't rush. There are certain things you have to learn to sacrifice. Because it's not time to receive salary, it's not time to receive money, and it's not time to receive garments. Elijah, is it time to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and men? You see, you 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 are serving me and you are trying to have maid servants and men servants. Meanwhile, I don't have you. You who are serving me, you are now looking for because he came with two. Two men servants, isn't it? Naaman gave him gave him two. <laughs> he gave him two with two camels to come with a gift. Elisha, who was solving national problems, didn't have any men or maid servant. Yet Gehazi saying, ah, you know. Uh, as for us, we can't do the ministry the same old way. Our, our fathers did it. Uh, we have to change things the way, you know, maybe pastor, the way he started, he could speak, not in the microphone, you know, but as for me, I have to, I have to, you know, I have to speak in, in a 
20,000 pounds microphone and, and you understand what I'm saying my monitors have to be 20 monitors on the stage and the speakers have to be hanging and you know the camera has to be HD highly sensitive ones and so on and so forth yeah really <laughs> yeah you don't want to sacrifice you don't want to use your voice to praise God. You think the anointing is in the sound systems and the PA systems. Finally, verse 27. The Bible says that, the, verse 27 says that, the leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. Look at the case. The leprosy of Naaman shall cleave. Now, this, this is a strong case. It shall cleave. Cleave. The cleave is used. It says, the man and the woman shall become one flesh. It says, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. Now, that same cleavage God was talking about is the same cleaving Elisha is talking about of the leprosy that's going to cleave unto Gehazi. So that means that the leprosy becomes his husband or wife. It said the leprosy upon Naaman shall cleave unto you. And not only that, it says it shall cleave unto your seed forever. And he went from his presence leper as white as snow. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Gehazi, why are you in a rush? Why are you in a rush? Why have you destroyed a whole generation? Because of your lies. A whole generation. Leprosy has cleaved on you and on your seed forever. What basically that case means is that as for the lineage of Gehazi, leprosy shall never depart. And when you read the scriptures carefully, you, you notice that in, in, in chapter, chapter 7, you will see that Gehazi and his three children were the four lepers who were sitting at the gate of who were in Samaria when the same Elisha declared that tomorrow about this time a corn of wheat shall become a sofa sickle these four lepers who moved from there to, to the camp of the Syrians or the Philistines this is Gehazi and his three children wow. <laughs> Leprosy caused them to be isolated. My dear brother and sister, there's a lot we can learn from Gehazi. That in life, we don't rush. In life, we don't take things that are not ours. In life, we don't lie to the, to the prophets, to the, to, to the house of God. You see, some people have become leprous through their lying to their men and women of God. The case was instant. The Bible says that he became white. His leprosy was, the white leprosy is the acute severe one. As long eating off all his hands. It's a message I prepared a long time ago titled The Leper's Anointing. When it touches you, it has to infect you. <laughs> We are learning today from Gehazi that when it comes to the things of God, we have to understand. You see, this is a new branch we have started. We have to make sure we don't take the old into the new. Not be like Gehazi. We must never lie. We must not take for granted the things of God. You see, <laughs> some people might start developing some leprosy internally and externally as a result of them lying. 
concerning the things of God. You know, there are some people who, who come to churches just to steal. Just to steal. I remember when we started as a young man who used to come and all he does is steal him. You know, he just comes to steal. People's, people's phone, you steal. Stealing. I said one day that these people who are stealing, they are destroying their own life. I've never seen him again. You can't come to the house of God purposely just to steal. And do you know there are some people who join the financial stewards just because they want to steal? They join the ushers because they want to steal the church offering. When we are work hard, come to honor God, they are coming to steal. You are stealing from the house of God. Hey! Somebody say, hey! You don't fear God. Gehazi became a leper. Gehazi. As for if even just the leper has stayed on him, it's fine. But it's moved to his son. His seed forever. That means his family will forever, even those who are born will forever become lepers. So if you are looking for lepers colony, you go to Gehazi's family. And look at what he missed. He missed probably a quadruple portion of Elisha's anointing. Gehazi made Elisha take the anointing to the, to the grave. When you read the scriptures carefully, you see that someone died who was buried in the grave of Elisha and he came back alive because there was so much power and anointing that was stored up in the bones of Elisha and it brought revival to that person. Elisha shouldn't have taken that anointing to the grave, but Gehazi, look at what Gehazi did. He cut the flow of the transference of the anointing to another generation. Maybe who knows if Gehazi had walked in the, in the will of God, some of us today might be walking in the, the, a millionth times more or a billionth times more portion of that anointing. But look, these are the lessons we can learn from Gehazi. And these lessons we must not repeat it ever again. Hallelujah. Did you receive it? Hallelujah. I want us to share a word of prayer. I want you, you don't have to stand up. This is a solemn time of prayer. It's a solemn time of prayer. I want you to speak to yourself. I want you to talk to God. Look it within your heart. If there's been any time you've lied in the presence of God, in the house of God, to the prophet of God, or to the man or woman of God. You want to ask God to forgive you. You don't want this leprosy to cleave unto you. It's something we are beginning. We are beginning afresh. We want God to pour a fresh spirit upon us. We want God to use us to be a sign and a wonder to the world in the name of Jesus. Talk to God. Father, we thank you. We come before you in humility. We ask of God that you do great and mighty things in our lives. We humble ourselves before you. We ask Jesus that your name alone will be glorified. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Jesus mighty Amen. Amen. Father, heal us. Let your healing flow through us. May there be no leprosy found among us. Oh yes, may there be no limitations found among us. May every limitation and resistance be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Put your hand on your head. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release your favor upon these precious ones. I release your supernatural grace. May this week 
be a week of their sign and wonder. May this month be a month of greatness, a month of favor, a month of breakthroughs. May the new month be a month of a new beginning. May it be a month of God's supernatural grace. May grace find its way into their lives. Father, use them. Increase them. Bless the works of their hands. May they not lie to you. Neither may they lie to your house. Father, as you bless them, use them mightily. Let this month, coming month, become a month of a turnaround. May we hear rejoicing in their houses, rejoicing in their family. May we come back at the end of the month of June and give you thanks as we serve you. May we see the results, the fruits of us serving you. May our labor not be in vain. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Wow, God bless you. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution International Christian Center, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution Center is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution International Christian Center, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. By grace are we saved through faith. Grace is the mystery behind every greatness. The recommended book for the week is Grace to be Mighty by Adama Segbeji. Grab a copy today. Remember, the anointing you honor is what works in your life. And don't forget to bless your family or friends with a copy of Grace to be Mighty today. Grab a copy by visiting solutioncenter.org.uk. God is doing amazing things at Solution Chapel International, and this is one of the many testimonies. This is a testimony on behalf of someone else. Um, a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, a lady called the church and um, she just called the church and she said she was in a drug rehab hospital and she needed help. She had been through everything and she, she had seen somewhere that she could help get help through Jesus. And this lady, she says, because the hospital she was put in was in Crowley, she googled churches in Crowley. And when she Googled, she said, so many churches came up because I asked her, why did you pick up this church? And she said, uh, it said on there uh, where hope, uh, people, are given, uh, people are given hope. These were her words. People will find hope in Jesus and just come as you are. And that's why she had the confidence as she was, she would not be shunned and she called the church. Okay, to cut the story short, we've been visiting her and gradually this lady has come out of this place of uh, misuse to a place of confidence in Christ. She, she said the only praise, prayer she'd ever known was a prayer, Hail Mary prayer. And every time that uh, she was given, like we went through how to pray to the Lord Jesus, she couldn't. And one day we went to uh, Sister Pauline and when... Uh, we gave her, like we had to write to her. And by the way, she can't even read or write. So that made life even more difficult to her. But she said, I, I recited the same things you kept saying. And all I said, the, all we asked her to say is, every time you think about the drink, the drugs, just say, Jesus, take this away from me. It was the most she could read or be able to say. And the, uh, last two weeks ago, she had to go through a treatment, and most of them were going through this treatment. And this treatment would get her very, very sick. And at this point of sickness, majority of them walk away from their treatments. And she said, we were 10. And 
the doctors say, if you can do five hours of this treatment, then you've done well. And the previous Saturday before she started that treatment, we had visited her. We prayed together and we just said to her, just believe Jesus is with you. You're going to go through the, shadow, the, uh, the, the valley of death, but he will be with you. He'll hold you. Pray. Just, just stick on. And she said, I couldn't even pray, but I held on to the Bible you gave me and I believe Christ. And she said, I slept not for five hours, but for 36 hours I stayed asleep until they had to come and wake me up because they could not believe I had gone through this treatment that long. That is the glory of, Lord, of, the, of the Lord. That he, he has taken someone through and... And this lady is testifying of God's goodness in her life and she will praise the Lord and serve the Lord for the rest of her. The same God who did this can do more for you. If this testimony has been a blessing to you, why not join us this Sunday at Solution Chapel International at 10 a.m. at Unit 1 Center World, Crawley, Crawley Leisure Park, London Road, Crawley, RH108LR, telephone 01293-885-000, on the web at solutioncenter.org.uk. We look forward to seeing you this Sunday. Solution Chapel International, a place of great grace and great love.